dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. Father Michael, today is Mother Natalia's episode, and she is here with her bestie, Mother Gabriella. And we, Mother Gabriella is talking about continuing the, the uh, I don't know what we call this, series on the various nuns of Christ the Bridegroom coming and sharing some of their, their passions with us in a good way. Um, the, uh, <laughs> she's talking about leisure. <laughs> Sorry, there are bad passions too. Um, uh, and uh, sharing, she's sharing leisure, how that's oriented to worship, um, how that's restorative, um, it brings peace, orients us to Christ, and she at the end offers us some practical ways of engaging with that reality. And then uh, they reveal their, their awkward but beautiful friendship with each other. So if you are a hashtag banter hater, please skip ahead to about 9.02. Christ is risen. Indeed he is risen. You can say it too. Christ is risen. But that's great. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Mother Gabriella. Thanks. <laughs> Glad I, we're setting out wanted- on an awkward note. I just want to hear the the nervous breathing out. That's what I want to hear. So the, our listenership can hear. Can you do that, Mother? <laughs> That's what happened right before we right before we prayed. I forget that I forget that people get nervous for this. I know. I I tend to forget that now too because I'm not as nervous as probably I should be anymore. Exactly. I think I probably exactly. did a better job in the beginning because I was nervous. And mm, anyways, that's the life. Also, during the prayer, I literally got my fingers stuck in the handle of my monkey mug. Um, It was very scary. It reminded me of a time when I was a kid and um, my leg got caught in one of the folding chairs in like an auditorium or something. Like, oh I, was, I was sitting on my legs as I always did. And uh, <laughs> when I, it like slipped like between where, the, do you know what I'm talking about? How yes. the chairs fold up in yeah. an auditorium. Are you like, like sitting backwards or something like that? No, no she's sitting like on her My legs back. slipped, yeah, and my leg was oh. behind me and got caught in the, <laughs> when it folded uh, up. Okay. Did you and, oh. like bash your face on them? No, I just was like stuck there, and someone had gone home, and I don't, I don't remember much. It's blocked out because it was a trauma. I, uh, someone was referring to that recently, though. My parents were talking about it. I don't remember why. Does that count as claustrophobia? Because like, if I if I have a ring that won't come off, like I I just I start freaking out. Mm. Like like I. You don't even. Oh wear my gosh! Rings. It's stuck. Is that I, why? I do. <laughs> I, I do. I'm trying to think of a clever response. Um, when I go out, all the ladies are going after me. Sometimes it's easier to wear a ring just to keep them off with the collar on Barf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. That happened that to was... me one time, except not getting stuck in an auditorium. But do you ever... I definitely thought you meant all the ladies were coming after you. <laughs> no, I was bringing it back from the awkward situation that was over there. Appreciate you, Rob. Um, Thank you. Uh no, there was one time. Do you ever have it where you're like riding your bike and your shoelaces get caught on the pedal? No, but that's terrifying. Um, it was terrifying. I was riding on my street. My shoelaces got wrapped around the pedal. <gasps> I like fell over on the side. There's a car coming at me. And I was like, ah! <laughs> but I was able to get up in time, but it was very scary. Oh, <laughs> that's terrifying. 
<laughs> that was the situation. I've already talked about this on the podcast before, but that was the situation where I was riding my bike up the hill on, Mom, on uh, what's that road? Nash. And there was one of those so annoying, those little yippy yippy dogs. dogs that come after us when we run. And they haven't done that recently. Um, it did it to know. me the other day. Oh, okay. I almost, I almost stopped and said something to them and be like, "Excuse me, I'm gonna kick your dog." <laughs> um, anyways, the this dog almost made me. It was like yipping at my ankles while I was on the bike going uphill, and a car was passing, and I was like, "There was all sorts of horrible things happening." Anyways. So <laughs> you're about to say something was going to turn off 75% of our listeners that love animals. <laughs> I know. I just, I just stopped. Uh, <laughs> Prudence gained. <clears throat> Prudence gained. So welcome, Mother Gabriella. Uh, Thank you. We're continuing our Meet the Nuns series. I don't know that any of the other nuns are actually going to come on besides the three of you. So this might even be the final of the series. And by final of the series, I mean the start of the final of the series because Mother Gabriella plans to mm-hmm. do like it's a 25-part series on whatever it is I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to beat Father Michael in his 24-part series on the divine liturgy. <laughs> so uh, I think I know what this is about because I listen to the prayer. I Okay, here's, we'll have you guess, but here's an honesty moment as if I'm ever not honest. <laughs> here's you, an honesty moment. You forgot what her topic was. No, I... Oh. The reason I kept hesitating in prayer and like having to think a long time is because I was trying to think of how to pray that wouldn't give it away, (laughs) (laughs) which is probably not what I should be doing in prayer. Um, I'll let you. I'm. I'll let you t- guess the topic. But I'm first, I want to. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did that, but I've already made that joke on here many times, and so I'm glad that you did it instead. So, but first, I just wanted to share something that will give listeners kind of an insight into my relationship with Mother Gabriella, and then we can get into the actual topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember. You do. So, because Mother Gabriel, Mother Gabriel and I are very close, and we're very, we're very similar. Like she's one of the ones that I would have been friends with in the world, and uh, like part of the part of the blessing of being at the monastery. I think I've talked about this before. Is <clears throat> you you become close with people that you otherwise would not have gotten to know, and. It's a huge blessing because like Mother Petra, for example, she and I just totally different circles, totally different temperaments. Like we would have probably never become friends in the world just because it wouldn't have. Yeah, it just wouldn't have naturally happened. And yet she and I have gotten to know each other here and we're very close. We've realized we have a lot in common and and all of that. But Mother Gabriella is one of the ones that even in the world, like we just would have for sure been friends. And uh we're both just really weird is part of it. Like people come and they see us interact and they're just like, y'all are weird. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Hannah gets us. I think shout out to Hannah, one of my spiritual daughters. She, she gets us, but the, the, we, we share, she's the one I've talked about before, Mother Gabriella, that we share a bathroom in between our cells. And so that's where we brew our coffee in the morning. Like, well, in the percolator, we make our coffee in the morning and we have a whole sticky note system so that we know who's, who's had the coffee, who, anyways. Um, and we've just like gotten really used to each other. 
and spent a lot of time together. And so we were on a monastery. It was supposed to be kind of retreat, but it turned into more like vacation, which was actually kind of what we needed at the time. Mm-hmm. This is a very appropriate for our activity, <laughs> it is. actually. So anyway, This will help you, Father Michael. Yes. <laughs> so we're, we're on this retreat slash vacation. We did have some conferences and, and some a lot of silent time and stuff, but we also had time to just be together and play games and whatever. And so at one point during free time, Mother Gabrielle and I are just playing a game of rummy and... Um, sipping on, I don't even remember what we were drinking, but like sipping on our coffee or whatever and playing rummy. And then we each had like snacks. a little bowl of snacks that we were eating. <laughs> and then um, months later, Mother Gabrielle was like, you know that time that we were playing rummy and, and eating snacks and sipping on our drinks together? And I was like, yeah, I know. And she's like, I think I've never felt more like a married couple before. <laughs> <laughs> And and it was it was like we're it just, just total silence. Old married couple, yep. <laughs> and so that's that's my my relationship with Mother Gabriella. We're like an old married couple and weird old weird old weird married couple. That's true. We're like the ones who have those those weird inside jokes. Oh yes, that nobody can understand, and it's inappropriate to even share them <laughs> most of the time. We actually we have to be very careful. I should warn you of that we have to be very careful of that in this recording because it's sometimes really tempting to make an inside joke and then nobody understands it. And so then it's just dumb, but yeah, we also have to be careful. We've had, I've had a listener get um, upset, not really upset, but they were like, don't do that. (laughs) Uh, When Father Michael and I, one of us will say something and then we'll be like, Oh, I can't, you know, I'll share that with you after. (laughs) And it's like, that's probably not nice. (laughs) So we shouldn't do that. That's the whole story. Uh, Okay. Um, nine minutes and two seconds. Father Michael, what do you think is the topic for today? Um, you said something about edit vacation. (laughs) (laughs) What? Edit vacation. Edit vacation? Yeah. You do the prayer, you said something, and then you just mentioned about vacation, going on vacation. I said something about edifying. Is that what you heard? Today? Oh, edification. <laughs> Were you just making a joke? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I have no idea what it's about. No idea. Oh. It's about weird nicknames like calling each other bra and bay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already called her bra once during, once during this recording. <laughs> It was it was broad. <laughs> anyway, okay. So people miss it's a, it's a nuance. B R U H. B R U H. Hashtag hashtag bra bra. That's bruh. gonna be one of our hashtags. <laughs> if I remember. Anyways, Mother Gabriella, what is our topic actually? Because it's not about edit vacation. <laughs> our topic is about leisure. Dun, dun, dun. Why aren't you even responding? <laughs> are sorry, you, are you sorry. Even I'm, 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 I'm planning our I'm planning our next recording. And I apologize. <laughs> oh, well, let's finish this one. I'm okay. sorry, I'm being distracted. Okay, come back. Um, so so yes. Lee, sure. He's trying to think of another joke. <laughs> Mother, don't call me out of these things. Just let, let me have let me have my moment. <laughs> She's like giving commentary, and the priest decided to think of another joke. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about leisure and what leisure is not. 
because mm-hmm. I, so I asked Mother Gabriella to do, uh, to take this topic. Well, I'm, I'm letting the nuns talk about whatever they want, but I, I told her that I thought this was one that she would do a very good job of because it's a, it's a conversation she and I have had lots of time, lots of times. And it's also, um, there's a lot here that, that Mother Gabrielle and I have tried to sort of start living out. And, and I think that's been really fruitful. So we wanted to share that with others as well. Um, so why has this topic been of interest to you, Mother Gabriella? And, <clears throat> and what made you want to talk about this? It's so great that you asked that question because it corresponds with the beginning of my notes. I actually saw your note there. <laughs> You're following my outline. Thank you. Other Robert Pimp to whatever. Yeah, so originally I was drawn to the whole topic of leisure um, because I would end up with free time. It's in the monastery. I don't know if you talked about poverty of time, probably all the time you've talked about that, but <laughs> like <clears throat> we don't have a lot of time. Um, and in fact, we give up, we give up everything, including our time. And so when I finally get an opportunity for some kind of free time, that's, you know, time that I can use however I want, I would end up just like staring off into space <laughs> or just like scrolling on Facebook. Yes, yeah. When I had Facebook scrolling on Facebook or like, just doing not watching YouTube videos for hours, like of absolutely nothing. And it was like, how am I spending my time? Like, and I realized I just, I had no concept of how to engage that, that like free time. Um, and so <clears throat> I had heard a couple years ago about, um, about a book called leisure, the basis of culture by Joseph Pieper. And, um, it had been like a thought, like I should read that sometime. And then a friend of mine had happened to have an extra copy and we were, we were reading it together. Um, and I started to look into, um, yeah, a little bit more like what this whole idea of leisure is, because in my mind, leisure was how, um, how I use my free time. Um, which the irony is <clears throat> in reading Leisure, the Basis of Culture, that's like exactly huh. what it's not. <laughs> wow. um, and um, like, I love this is this is one quote he says um, in the in the midst of the um, of the document. He says, uh, leisure, it must be clearly understood, is a mental and spiritual attitude. It's not simply the result of external factors. It is not the inevitable result of spare time, a holiday, a weekend, or a vacation. And I was like, oh, (laughs) well, I guess I'm approaching this the wrong way. Um, And so when I started to realize, like, okay, well, first of all, I have no idea what leisure is. (laughs) And second of all, I have no idea how to engage this. And so I'm glad I'm reading this book because I can learn a little bit better. Um, And so... I realized, um, so, and as I, and I can talk more about like, yeah, different things that I kind of learned from this. I realized that my understanding of like culture and leisure, um, was really very formed by our 21st century idea of like what to do when you have time to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it has to do with like entertainment. So like the entertainment industry, movies, sports, all these kind of things. Um, But I realized without this understanding, um, like I, I had touched this reality without understanding what I was touching. And so it was kind of putting words to that. 
And it reminded me of this experience I had a couple of years ago. I was able to go to um, a Cavs finals game um, when they were when they won um, the NBA championship. And I went, a couple friends of mine, <clears throat> excuse me, had, had um, purchased an extra ticket and they took me to dinner and we went and I, this was like, you know, the highlight of forever. Um, <laughs> I was like, I haven't been to a Cavs game in forever since I entered the monastery. But then also I was like, oh my gosh, it's a finals game. Like this is something I would have never expected. And so mm-hmm. as I was there, it, it ends up, and it's like, like every seat's packed the energy is contagious. Like, it's just like, there's so much frenetic energy in the room and it was just, it was amazing. And, um, but it happens to be the one that we lost. And so, <laughs> so it was like, you experience like the the height of all that, of that frenetic energy. And then just like the black hole of just utter despair <laughs> as everyone leaves the stadium in silence. And, um, and I realized, I was like, wow. I understand this as a Raiders fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and also, yeah, Browns fan. Yeah, it's just horrible. <laughs> um, this is a typical Cleveland experience. But um, but so we, as we're leaving, I just had this realization. I was like, lots of people are leaving the stadium and they're not okay. And I was like, but I'm leaving this and I'm okay. Like, I mean, I'm sad. Like Mm -hmm. I, like, I want them to win. Like I want Cleveland to finally win a championship because we can't ever seem to do that. (laughs) Um, but like existentially I'm okay. (laughs) Um, but I realize a lot of people here, if this doesn't happen, will not be okay. Um, and today are not okay. And I, and, and it was just like, if you don't have a place to worship, um, you're going to worship wherever the culture tells you to worship. (laughs) And so that was just such a tangible experience for me of this reality of like the link between culture and leisure and worship and how, uh, and he talks about the beginning of leisure, the basis of culture. He says culture depends for its very existence on leisure and leisure in turn is not possible unless it has a durable and consequently living link with the cultists with divine worship. And so like, when our culture is divided um, from an act of worship, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hole that, that happens. And then we start to worship anything because we as human beings want to worship something. We want to, to offer, offer that act of worship somewhere. We're trying to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I don't know, that's kind of a context of like how, how I came to this and an example of that in my life of how, how I'm starting to understand the difference between leisure and what we would call like the entertainment industry and even like what's, what's the, the connection there um, with how we use our free time and all that. So, Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting too because I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to this, but it's already making me think of part of what makes something leisure has got to be whether or not it's fulfilling, right? And this experience that you're talking about, like you, you always spoke very fondly of that evening because you had this nice dinner with your friends and, um, and you enjoyed being at the game, even though there was loss. And whereas the people who are going away totally unfulfilled, who feel like actually the, the hole has just widened as opposed to being filled at all. Um, I just think that's, that's gotta be an aspect of what leisure is, uh, like it's not unfulfilling <laughs> leisure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it's. <clears throat> um, th- but the 
it's because the reason it's not it's not unfulfilling is because it's connected to that worship mm-hmm. like yeah. um and that's kind of like the spoiler from the end of it is like <laughs> leisure is actually impossible if the, if it's not found in the context of of worship mm-hmm. um the end we don't have to talk about it anymore no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. sure. um, i'm wondering ever. it is interesting because like i once you and you guys have a party of time. I think so does anybody who's trying to run a business or a church or something and doesn't have like hours clock in and clock out time. So you, it's kind of always on your mind. Um, and and I think part of that is that we assume I've I've for a long time assumed that leisure time is downtime and that's just what you do when you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And and so it has everything to do with with exhaustion and trying to get rest in rather than actually mm-hmm. building up a culture because I mean I, I saw that in Alaska you know they they what they talked about was fly fishing all the time it, it's like it's like people that talk about sports all the cigar right on the street it, <clears throat> it is sports all the time um, at least the one in Denver was was sports and um, politics and sometimes culture but this is like sports all the time and um, whatever's on TV, they're talking about, they know about it, all of it. And, and I, I engage as best I can. But that, that kind of points to what you said about worship, I think, in Alaska. To overgeneralize, it was fly fishing. I said, what do you guys talk about in like the off-season? They're like, tying flies. Like, okay, <laughs> you tie flies in the off season to go fly fishing in the on season. You know? um, but, but, it's, but I think that is also it because it is... Um, it, it it's in a sense what forms us because doesn't worship mm-hmm. worship ideally forms us so worship is meant to form us so we undergo theosis and form us into Christ mm-hmm. and so when we when we do anything again you're I want to hear more from Peeper but when we do anything that that orients us towards worship I remember like in that in that movie. Um, uh, integrate silence. Mm-hmm. Like the the very few parts of the movie where they actually talk, I remember them talking and discussing like the holy water fonts <laughs> or this type of chant. Like it was like that their their discussion in their few, very few times that they actually talked was about worship, the actual worship. Like it was about when we're in church praying, when we're in mm-hmm. church worshiping. What does that look like? But I, I I do. It does seem to say what leisure is is what actually forms us in the higher things mm-hmm. because work forms us, of course, even meaning labor forms us it makes us better at doing that menial labor but leisure leisure should form us beyond just being good at whatever we're doing in leisure leisure i imagine like art which is often part of leisure um, would would be to direct us to something else mm-hmm. it would be to form us to something higher not just to be able to do something well i i, I watched those videos i used to love them of like people doing one job extremely well like flinging fish at the fish market or you see them you know putting the same glop of something into the same little cups and they're so quick with it and they're perfect with it and it's like first like oh my gosh it's amazing it's like it's really not because that's what they do eight hours a day every <laughs> single day that's why they're so good at it they, 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 their body and their mind has been formed to be able to do this one thing well in my mind leisure is is actually transcendent it teaches you how to do everything well it, it's not just this one thing but it teaches you how to 
con- in the context of worship, how to be have the freedom to pursue truth and beauty and goodness mm-hmm. and and all these things because it is tied into that worship and therefore into something transcendent, therefore into something that is actually formative and, and moving us into what is Christ. Um, so that may be a question. Is, is there at least if I'm doing leisure, is am I just doing something that makes me good at this one thing, or does it make me kind of good at being a better human? Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that reminds me of this quote. <clears throat> Mother Gabrielle and I share a love for Evagrius. Uh, we both just, oh man, he's great. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, he he has this quote in his writing on asceticism and stillness. He says, "Be like an astute businessman." Make stillness your criterion for testing the value of everything and choose always what contributes to it. Mm-hmm. Like if this thing is not contributing to stillness, in other words, if this thing is not contributing to our interior life, uh, then we should not choose it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he says everything, you know, not just, not just work, not just, um, Prayer, and but think, but even our our leisure, like what we choose to do for in our leisure mm-hmm. time. And I think to add nuance to that, to generalize it, like my thought is that you know, well, that means if I don't, if something gives me anxiety, just don't do it. But but there 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 are things that like I'm responsible for that I need to do, and so the end goal is there. If I put the effort into it, then it I will be able to have stillness while doing it. In other yeah. words, if I get better at something, put the work into doing something I don't want to do, so that I can put it into a place where I can do it better. Then all of a sudden, now I have stillness in an area where I used to have anxiety. Yeah. So so <clears throat> it contributes to stillness in the sense of it's allowing you the opportunity to overcome your anxiety to do this thing you need to do. Yeah. And, and that's a, a contribution to stillness, yeah. Um, I think, though, to go back, Father Michael, to what you were saying, too, <clears throat> um, you you were articulating exactly that, that question of what, um, is it so I can be good at one thing or so that I, I can be good at being human, basically? <laughs> um, and I think that's precisely... Um, that's precisely the point that it, the problem is that we live in a world <clears throat> that the context is that is that of work, um, but work. Um, and so our leisure is actually seen as like rest from work so that we can go back and work better. <laughs> um, and so mm-hmm. kind of like that difference that you're that like, so I can be good at this one thing. Well, that's not understanding leisure at all. It's only understanding. It's like, Really, it's like a socialized view of the world, right? Like everything is about work because because it, that's been substituted for worship of God. <laughs> and so, um, and it's interesting. There's also like leisure because it's a spiritual attitude um, to what you were saying, Mother Natalia, like implies this inner stillness and calm um, and silence so that we can receive what's within us and what's around us. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, it's meant to be restorative, um, but not so I can simply go back and do more work, <laughs> but because it in and of itself um, is a good, is a good. Um, and so if I, if I keep using leisure in order to be better at work, then I'll never actually enjoy the fruits of leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way where we see that most is like how, how God created us. Like he, he took a day to rest in himself and not in his works. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's part of our, our need the worship and the rest of, of Sabbath of, of the, the day of, of that we set aside for rest and worship. Um, 
is to be like God, which is means not to rest in the work that I do, but to rest in him, to rest in and of myself and in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, thus becoming human. Um, and it's, it's interesting to go back and at the beginning of, of the, the paper, he talks about like the original concept of leisure. It's actually coming from a word that means school, <laughs> um, which I thought fast, this was like utterly fascinating to me because school never meant anything but work (laughs) for my concept. Like it was like plug and chug. Everything was like, I'm going to study for a test and then I'm going to get a good grade. And then that's what it is. (laughs) But like the concept of school in, in, in Greek or in, you know, the ancient, uh, in the ancient world was that, was that of leisure. Um, And that's where, that's where that came from. Um, And they had this understanding of how, of our, of our understanding um, that there's like two two parts of of our mind. There's like the rational part, the ratio, and then the in, intel, intellectus. <laughs> um, and the rational part is the purely human part um, that's like discursive, that's like seeking understanding. And then there's the, like the intellectus, which is this understanding part that that receives. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of misunderstanding once you get into the the later um, philosophies of like. Kant and those kind of people, um, which I'm not schooled in all of that, but <laughs> I learned a little bit by reading this. Did you did you um, give your disclaimer that you wanted to give? I didn't give the the disclaimer is that I have an, a degree in accounting. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so anything I say can't be used against me. <laughs> um, this is these are my musings. Um, but um but so so that this differences of like the intellectus is like the superhuman way of of under of understanding or receiving as gift that which is around me versus this discursive like working things out um and so what our culture is all about these days is about this like discursive like earning things right like mm-hmm. i'm always taking things in so i can learn more um but what that does is it doesn't value the fact that i'm actually created with a faculty to receive and so when everything is earned, when everything needs to be earned, um, then nothing is gift. <laughs> and then that, and that, that informs everything about our life. So it even informs and especially infects the way that we receive love because we think I have to keep doing more so that I can earn more so that I can be loved, <laughs> not because I need to receive something as gift. Um, and, and we've talked about this many times before. If just this is, this is part of why there's this horribly pervasive mindset in our spirituality of like we need to even earn God's love mm-hmm. and that if we're not if we're not doing if we're not producing if we're not you know this even like when it comes to repenting for our sin it's you know we have so much scrupulosity because like going to for going to confession we have this mis conception that like that's not what forgives us how we're forgiven of our sins like we need to do the things in order to be forgiven Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's yeah I think that's uh one of the places we see this in the spiritual life Mm -hmm. rather than going to confession to participate in the forgiveness that's already poured out that we've turned away from Mm -hmm. it's not about earning it's about receiving yeah um and so it's what's beautiful is that we as monastics get to live this in a really like intentional way. We, we basically step outside the world and outside this utilitarian way as much as we can, because we're still infected by the culture. But mm-hmm. um, we're in a process of trying to live a life that, that says like, I'm going to live outside of this utilitarian model of being. Um, and, 
Um, like I love, he says this, there's a whole, there's a line, there's two quotes that I wanted to read about that. Um, he talks about, because um, when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is monastic life. Um, the first part was, uh, there's no need to waste words showing that not everything is useless, which cannot be brought under the definition of the useful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's my life. <laughs> Can you read that one more time? Mm-hmm. There is no need to waste words showing that not everything is useless, which cannot be brought under the definition of the useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then he goes on to he finishes the section by saying, it is necessary for the perfection of human society, Aquinas writes, that there should be men who devote their lives to contemplation, necessary not only for the good of the individual who so devotes himself, but for the good of human society. Mm. Um, and so he's pointing out like, we need people who step aside <laughs> from the utilitarian, who model for us, model for the world what it looks like to say like, I'm not going to base my life on what the culture says. Like, I'm I'm willing to be useless. Um, you, I'm willing to be useless for the Lord, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you hear that, like, like terrible sayings, like "Sister, what a waste," you know, or <laughs> "Father, what a waste." Like, mm-hmm. you could have done so much for the world. When it's act, it's like not looking at offering our life connected with Jesus's sacrifice on the cross in this daily toil of, of worship and praise of God is the greatest thing we could ever give. You know, and that's actually, I'm really glad you said that because it reminds me of what you were saying at the very beginning of how this, this misconception of leisure is a result of, and in fact, this impossibility of leisure is a result of a lack of worship, a lack of having someone that we worship. Um, because when I experienced this the most, when I was entering the monastery and I had the, the most comments from coworkers who uh, would say that like, I'm wasting my life and things like that uh, because I'm entering a monastery and because I'm not working and because I'm, because they knew I would be celibate. Those same coworkers were the ones that if I had said, I'm choosing to not have children because I want to focus on my career, mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, good for you. And they, you know, and they'd right. be so supportive of that. And it's like, so I, I can't choose to not have biological children because I think that this is how I can worship God. Mm-hmm. But I can do it if it's how I think that I can worship myself and my career oh, and, yeah. and glory. And, you know, and it's just like, that's so, that's so fascinating to me. It's, you're saying that it's, it's not a one for one, but it reminds me of my experience when I first entered and like, <laughs> like this a great feeling this like rub so particularly. I, I was sick. I went to urgent care because my I hadn't switched doctors to up around the monastery. And so I'm at urgent care and I have to fill out the form, you know, about yourself. And one of the things is like employer and I had to put unemployed and I was really uncomfortable, like <laughs> physically, like getting really like just this was gnawing at me. And so, and then the woman's like reading the form back to me. She's just verifying. Like she's literally just verifying. Right. But like, (laughs) (laughs) and so she's like, and she's like, so you're unemployed. And I was like, yes. And then, and then it it just like, it just tumbles out of my mouth, but I contribute to society. (laughs) And, and, and like the whole, you know, waiting room, just like rubbernecks and looks at me as I'm sitting there like so embarrassed, but it was like, such a poignant comment of mm-hmm. 
and social commentary of like how I felt about like, oh, I don't even get a paycheck anymore. How do I, how do I prove what I'm worth? <laughs> like, how do I, how do I prove that I do something that affects the world? And it's like, whoa, like <laughs> so far from, yeah, so far from the truth of what's happening. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And the truth of our life. But like, that's, yeah. I, so it's like, I totally, <laughs> I get this because I've lived it <laughs> and I'm being purified of it. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about how, uh, this is in his screw tape letters, if I remember correctly, I think it's letter 13. I just preached on this recently. Um, how did you I, just... I, no, I, I, I know. I think I, I did it for a homily or for a lecture <laughs> reflection or something. Anyway, okay. it's I think it's letter 13. Um, I could be wrong, um, but but it's the 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 subject. So most of you know this, but Screwtape Letters is, is a is a satire. Uh, it's written by C.S. Lewis from one uncle devil to his nephew devil, who's like a guardian devil over a subject, and the subject and the uncle's giving the nephew advice on how to corrupt the subject, and it and is so, like uncanny. I'm sorry. It's, oh, yeah. it's uncanny. Yes. Like this oh, is yeah. absolutely how the devil works. This is yeah, exactly. I read it and I'm like, how does C.S. Lewis know what yeah. the devil does in my yeah. life? <laughs> yeah, it, it's an amazing, amazing work, and there and every letter is short and it's so easy to read. It's, it's good, but I think in this letter, um, the the subject starts to slip away, and so um, all you see is the letters from the uncle to 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 the nephew. So you don't see what the story, but they, they, he does a really good job of kind of like you can you can tell by the uncle's letter what the nephew's letter was, but. He says, you know, you're letting him step away. And he says, your your biggest fault was letting him take that walk and letting him read that book. Mm. He said, literally, like the you 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 had him in your clutches. He was so close to losing his soul, but you let him read a book for no other reason than enjoyment. You let him take a walk mm. for no other reason than he was going to enjoy it. It wasn't he wasn't reading the book to impress his friends with what he's read. You know, it reminded me of this. Supposedly, like in the forties and fifties, they literally would give seminarians these big thick books that had like two, a two page summary of every single piece of literature. And so you, you'd read, it was like Cliff Notes or Spark Notes, but it was only two pages. So that if you were in polite company and you had never read Jane Austen or Jane Eyre or, or you know, Dostoevsky, you, you would have a two page summary so that you would know enough to kind of hold your own conversation. <laughs> Like that's that's horrible. I mean, I get it, but it's horrible because it's like you're you're cheating and and you're you're saying the only reason I need to know these things is to impress people or to to be impressive mm-hmm. or to 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 make the church look good or whatever it is, rather than any sort of actually engagement with beautiful art or a beautiful text. Um, but that's what he says. It, in other words, what 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 made him look back to God was doing something out of true leisure, something that, that was mm-hmm. not oriented toward another purpose, but merely because taking a walk is good and reading a book is good. And it's forming him, making him a better man. It's it's a relaxing experience. And, and it, it's something that's going to actually bring him true joy based upon the way that God created him, the way that God created the world. And it's, just, it's this brilliant realization that, I mean, it really kind of struck me, when is the last time I did that? When is the last time I did something merely because, because like you said, Mother, like Mother Gabriella, uh, like with social media now, just scrolling has become the, the, because it's so stimulating because every, there's a new, a new story or a new joke or a new, you know, visual, every single thing you go through, we, we've, we've, we've turned our free time into that instead of leisure. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 if we if we literally could just read a book that we don't have to read or take a walk when we when there's no other purpose other than just enjoying what's around, mm-hmm. even in LA, um, that that then you know it it can be this experience that 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 loosens the grip of the devil on our lives and and actually mm-hmm. orients us towards the good and therefore God. And instead of doing so, so both of those examples, like the going for a walk or the reading a book, they engage. Um, the mind and or the body in a way that we're not really doing in our society in our free time of we're using free time and jumping to one of two extremes for the most part. Like this is, I think, the most common use of free time. We're jumping to one of two extremes, both of which seem to just contribute to this concept of need to produce, need to work. Um, One is that it's free time, but we choose to just continue on with work (laughs) Mm -hmm. and because like we need to be producing right now, or we choose to do something that's completely vegging, Mm -hmm. you know, of just like Netflix binge, YouTube binge, um, and staring off into space, whatever, whatever it is, like something because we, the reason that we give ourselves and others and whatever is like, we need this time to just veg in order to then be able to work. Like you were saying earlier, Mother Gabriella. And so we jump to these two extremes and both of them in some sense are just turning off the intellect, mm-hmm. right? So Absolutely. it's like, they're either, yeah, they're both, con- they're both like in the, well, maybe they're not both in the ratio, but like neat, they're both just turning off the intellect mm-hmm. uh, in order to to produce. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> that reminds me of one of the priests that I was reading this book with and talking about. He was sharing that a spiritual director in college seminary had said very poignantly, like, there's no reason you need to check out. Like, there's no reason you need to mentally check out. <laughs> and that was like kind of a very, it was, it was very... Convicting? Convicting for him, but then also for me, just to like sit there and say, okay, what are, just like you're saying, what, why do I feel the need to check out? Cause I don't want to feel, cause I don't want to, um, and there's this constant temptation, um, which actually that's, so one of the points he make, Peeper makes is like part of this restlessness we feel in society um, is this a ch- like Achadia. So one of the one of the eight evil thoughts um, that Evagrius, our favorite, <laughs> talks about, um, Achadia, Acadia, Acedia, however you want to say it. Um, but this like inner restlessness, when it's related to culture and worship, it's, it's a refusal to be who I am, <laughs> a refusal to be as God created me to be. And so I want to be anywhere else, be anyone else. Be anytime else. Be anytime else. And so, and you see that in how, yeah, and how people choose to to veg out. So I don't have to, I can numb out. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do these things. Um, versus like, or even, and then how we were tempted always, again, to to work, to keep, either keep going or to check out. Um, we're tempted to give up those things that will actually bring us back to a concrete sense of reality and a concrete experience of God, whether it's a walk, whether it's a, you know, reading something, um, and that, that leisure is supposed to be like Father Michael kind of said earlier, it's like drawing us up into, um, the, into eternity, like mm-hmm. into, in, in being able to worship, um, 
in, in each moment, God, um, as I encounter, you know, things throughout the day. Um, and I was actually, I was thinking about this on my, I was thinking about this recording on my Pustinia and thinking Pustinia for us each month is really this experience of like time that we set aside um, for prayer, but also just to reconnect with ourselves and with the Lord, like, um, and how much, I know I experienced this and I'm sure, I don't know if I'm sure you could probably speak to it too, how much that time gets attacked on the, on the beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I just wish I didn't have to take this Pustinia. Mm-hmm. I have so much work I need to do. I have so much. It's like, no, I, I need this forced time to transcend <laughs> the world and reorder um, because I'm not made for just work. <laughs> I'm made for worship. <laughs> um, and my work is meant to order me in order to worship. And so like that, that time every month that we have for quiet um, and, and to, yeah, to set aside technology, set aside so much of the things that draw us out of the present moment. We set that, we come back to that during our monthly Pustinia. Um, I don't know that was just kind of, I was percolating that idea yesterday on my Pustinia that I was like, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is leisure. Um, and even, you know, even that leisure, I, I totally agree with you. Um, but I've I've realized, like, things that I need to do on Pustinier or have on Pustinier or something in order to keep it as leisure because I can slip into becoming spiritually slothful um, mm. because I'm on Pustinier. And so it's just, like, I might kind of laze around and, and not let it be building of, of relationship, not let it be worship. Um, but actually just, uh, um, waste my time, not in the sense of not working, but in the sense of like, not even really using it as time for union (laughs) or communion. Um, but, uh, we have, um, just like five or 10 minutes before we start wrapping up with prayer intentions and stuff. So can you just give mother Gabriella what are your thoughts or any last thoughts that you have, but what are your thoughts on, um, I think we covered well what leisure is not. And we touched a little bit on what it is in the sense of like the walk or the book or something, but what's just like some practical tips you have for, um, places that people can find leisure or what they should use in kind of like tools for discernment of, what to be doing with free time and things like that. Does that make sense? Sure. The irony is that the, uh, the actual text of leisure, the basis of culture, he basically says like, yeah, I'm not giving you anything practical. (laughs) This is just a bunch of beautiful things that you can, it's pointing out the problem without actually telling you. Um, And so that's a good question. So what are some practical tips? I think, like even just the experiences you and I have had of like when we've gone for a hike together on a personal day or, mm-hmm. or something like that, like any, even, even those kinds of things. Yeah. I think, I think one, one thing. So a, a friend of mine, uh, or I should say actually my, my high school youth group leader, she talked about, um, she was, did a lot with Al-Anon, but she's like, you need to retreat every day, every week, every month and every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, um, What's the daily? What's my daily time of communion with the Lord? Mm. Um, what's my weekly time of communion with the Lord? What's my monthly and what's my yearly? So like, you need to be taking a retreat all of those times. Like for us, that's a at least our cell roll every day. Um, every week we have a Pustinia morning. Every month we have a Pustinia. Every year we take a yearly retreat. 
So translate that into your life. Like, how are you, how are you having a cadence of moving in and out of time with the Lord? That's time that's only meant for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's the first way I think to infect the rest of your life for lack of a better term with, or maybe impregnate the rest of your life with this sense of divine life and everything Mm -hmm. um, is by taking that, that time for prayer will then spill over into everything else. Um, And then as far as like, maybe activities. Um, I think, again, since it's a spiritual attitude, um, it's how am I, how am I engaging what I am doing? Like, am I, is it for simply for entertainment? Is it simply to numb out? Or is it, am I watching a movie to then discuss and be in relationship with those I live with or with good friends or whatever to, to, to learn something more about life, about what God's doing in my life? Mm -hmm. Um, am I, um, am I reading or listening? Am I reading to something or uh, reading something or listening to something that that's going to draw me into relationship with the Lord or only away from like, and having that discernment. Um, and so, yeah, is it bringing him in communion with other people, um, and thus with the Lord or with the Lord directly, Mm -hmm. um, and to start to look at those things. So it's like, if it's only a temptation to go to a baseball game, to get angry <laughs> at the, as you drive in, to get angry at all the people there, to get angry on the way out, to, you know, to overeat and all these things. Well, maybe that's not a good way to spend your, your free time or your time where like, <laughs> it's not moving you into, um, into communion and into uh, an experience of God. Um, but for some people, maybe it can. So it's like, I'm not putting that aside. I love sports. <laughs> it's great, but it's like, do I go, am I going to this thing in order to worship it? Or am I going with Jesus to this in order to encounter him and what he wants to, how he wants to love me there? Um, and so, and that can take on many different forms. Um, and, but so it's, it's kind of like, here's a, here's a rule of measure rather than here's a, this is what you should do. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's great. That's uh, teaching the man to fish. Um, <laughs> to fly fish. yeah i i like that aspect too about um what you're saying of coming into communion with others in order to come into communion with the lord um or just coming into communion with him directly uh you know there is i was really consoled by because avagrius is like ascetic of ascetics right and he's like very austere and very uh, strict and in in one of his um, I don't know who he's writing to in this uh, but in one of his writings on prayer uh, he has these he has 153 texts on prayer the at the beginning of it in the prologue he says when suffering from the fever of unclean passions my intellect afflicted with shameful thoughts I have often been restored to health by your letters um, hmm. and so he's like writing to someone and I just, I was really consoled by like, even Evagrius um, was restored by, by spiritual friendship. You know, it's like this, uh, this truth that it's, it's not like our leisure when we're saying that leisure needs to be like true leisure is actually worship. Um, that doesn't even mean that we need to be um, hermits, you know, <laughs> like mm. we can be with other people and that can restore us to spiritual health. Um, like that's, that's the point of worship is to be, um, in perfect health, i.e. in union with the divine physician. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the point of worship, then that's the point of leisure and, um, leisure with friends can help to restore us to that. 
to restore us to that health. If it's leisure, if, if we're with friends and we're actually like, this is what I'm talking about edification. You know, we've talked on the podcast before about we, we shouldn't just be surrounding ourselves with the people who we're going to gossip with or who Mm -hmm. we're just going to be really negative with or who, you know, it's like we need to actually be um, in relationship that's, that's for the upbuilding of the kingdom. Um, Yeah. I think, I think that's an important thing because uh, gossip and whining and complaining, things like that, usually those are because there's an insecurity in the relationship and mm-hmm. I'm trying to build it up by putting other people down or by showing someone that I, I know something they don't and I'm impressive mm-hmm. to them or I, I, I exaggerate or lie about stories to make myself look better. Like that, that means that we don't have the foundation of confidence in that relationship. And I think there needs to be, mm-hmm. like that's one of the things that, um, I can in in C.S. Lewis, right? If you read a book for a reason other than impressing people, like other than impressing your friends, so to to be able to live a life of leisure, you really need to have certain confidences mm. in in like like a foundation, a groundwork of community that ideally comes from your family, right? I I, <coughs> I know I'm loved by God. And I know I'm loved by my family, and mm-hmm. then and then I know I'm loved by my friends. And if if I have these, mo- what most of us don't have, all three of those areas, that knowledge. But if I do, then I can say I don't need to earn anything. I, I can actually have. I can look with my friends in the community at God rather than looking at each other trying to establish this relationship. We've talked about that before about marriage, right? You know, at some point a couple is obsessed with each other because they're looking mm-hmm. only at each other and, and analyzing their relationship. At some point when it becomes healthy, they're now looking both on mission together. And then mm-hmm. there's a confidence, a foundation in their relationship that now allows them to work together. The same thing is true for, for friendships in this way. And the same thing can be true because I keep on saying, I keep on thinking, I know a listener and I'm asking this question, well, where do we? Is, isn't it okay to take naps? Isn't it okay to veg? Isn't it okay just to totally turn it off sometimes? You know, And, and I, I think the the... One of the reasons why I, as I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons why I need to just turn it off sometimes and veg and take a nap is because I am exhausted. And that means I don't have the foundation of sleep or I don't have the foundation of of, of Sabbath rest. Like like having good community is a foundation for confidence and leisure. Having getting good sleep is an is a is a mm-hmm. foundation. You know, taking the time to do these things. You know, a, a lot of a life of leisure almost sometimes presupposes or even moments of leisure presuppose a certain foundation of other virtues or other things in our life that have to be oriented so we don't need to veg because I mean beyond vegging many people seek for an escape and and what what like they need to escape this world and that takes a form of of things that are neutral like video games or TV or movies or social media it can also take the take the form of things that are objectively evil like drugs and pornography and things like this like the, this escape from the world um, is because other foundations need to be set, and leisure can help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that's the challenge for me and for anybody saying, "Well, are you telling me that I, that I just I should never have just time when I shut my brain off?" Is is are you telling me I should never have that time? No, um, but that your need to shut your brain off for escape or veg is probably 
other things contribute to that need, mm-hmm. namely uh, an unhealth in another way of your life. So, so again, work on work on true community and friendships. I had the best day off two days ago. Like I had two acquaintances I hung out with that were just deep conversations the whole time, and conversations I learned from, conversations that made me want to be a better man. Um, and I was like, man, rarely have I had. Um, and both of these were like secular LA friends. They they weren't like my Catholic friends. Sorry, that's Georgia turning her light on and off. Um, uh, like like that's the snake for those people. That's who don't the know. snake. So I like like secular friends. Who I, I I I don't anticipate a very deep virtuous conversation about philosophy and the deeper things and and forgiveness and and friendships and being honest and open with people and standing up for what you believe is true in the midst of great persecution all of these things were conversations i had that day and it it was it was great um but i i remember thinking you know these conversations can only happen because there's a certain confidence in the friendship. We're not trying to to really impress each other, and also these are what allows us and allows me to to not be grasping at friendships or be grasping at an escape or or things like that, rather than receiving these things as gifts, as you said earlier, Mother Gabriella. Yeah, and I guess I I would challenge people to consider even the times that you feel like you need to veg, I would challenge people to consider, are there other things that I could be doing? Um, other ways that I can be resting that aren't necessarily vegging and turning my brain totally off that would give me the same restoration that I feel I need. Like, I don't think it's vegging to take a nap. Um, I, I think that that can just be good and restorative. Um, but it's like, could I could I be restored by going for a short walk or for even like um, sitting outside and like watching the clouds or something as opposed to um, a Netflix binge or something like that. So I, I would encourage people like, yes, there are times that we need to rest, but I don't think that's the same as veg. So I would challenge people to, to consider other options, I guess. And maybe before you engage in something like that, try to, connect with the Lord and say, what am I actually seeking? Mm -hmm. Like in trying to foster that, that internal discernment of, Oh, I just want to do this. Okay. Do I, am I actually seeking you? (laughs) Do I actually need you, but I'm taking this infinite need to a finite thing. That's not gonna, that's not gonna fill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like maybe actually what I need is some time in prayer, but what I want to do is binge watch CSI. Like, (laughs) um, and so like just to take, take a pause before um, and enter into a moment of, of prayer of worship before you go back to whatever it is. Yeah. Or even like my next big thing, my next big like um, worldly thing that I want to get is the record player. Cause I just, I literally want to, I want to like play records and have and do nothing else. Like music has become background for me. It's mm-hmm. either when I'm mm-hmm. driving or when I'm working. There's, it's always background. And and with Spotify and things like that, it's so easy to have it on all the time in the background. I'm like, I want to be more intentional because music is beautiful and I love it. And I want to actually put on a record and then just sit there and do nothing else other than just mm-hmm. focus on. Mm-hmm. There's music playing right now, and I think a record player makes that easier. It's also better quality music. So like doing that. So like that. That's what I plan on being my my veg time. You mm-hmm. know. Instead of instead of trying to escape 
the world. Like I want to intentionally focus on one aspect mm -hmm. of something that is beautiful and transcendent in a way, even though it's probably going to be postal service or death cap for cutie or Dave Matthews Pattern or something like that. But it's, it's like, you know, it's just like, like sitting there just like focusing on just that thing. Mm -hmm. And that can be good leisure time, like taking that walk or reading that book, but it doesn't have to be like intentional prayer. It doesn't have to be intentional intellectual stimulation. You know, it can, it can be just relaxation with something beautiful that, that, that is also transcendent. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that part of the difference is what you're describing there is a way that you can experience connection with yourself and with God um, versus some of the other kinds of like vegging are a disconnect. Um, and I think that that's a, a significant difference. Um, so yeah, because the one is, is exactly how Mother Gabriella was describing Acadia or Achadia of like wanting to be someone else or somewhere else or sometime else. It's, it's a disconnect versus like actually fully experiencing the present moment. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that yesterday. I, I, I had a really good day, a very, very busy day, but I was so looking forward because Wednesday evenings we have divine liturgy and I was so looking forward to actually taking my keys and my wallet and my phone out of my pocket and putting them in a drawer and putting on my vestments and just can celebrating. Father Nathan mm -hmm. celebrate so I can celebrate. It was like I was like, I'm looking forward to the divine liturgy because I get to receive our Lord and I get to hear good readings. I get to hear another priest preach. But I also just get to stand there with nothing else except mm -hmm. that worship. Mm -hmm. And and I understand that many people do not feel the divine liturgy as that leisure experience. It's it's like I'm standing and I want to be somewhere else and there's so many other things I could be doing and this is boring, whatever. Like that 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 if we if we form ourselves to to even see worship as as something that is transcendent, it can become very, very restful. And and that's exactly what you were saying, Mother Gabriel, at the beginning about like seeking entertainment versus seeking worship. Like we've talked about that before, Father Michael, of just how um, a lot of people, their struggles with divine liturgy or the mass are because they're coming here expecting entertainment the way that they expect to be entertained mm -hmm. um, at a movie or, or at a sports a sporting event or something like that. And like, this is not that kind of leisure. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a different, a different kind of leisure. Which, yeah, it's it. They forget that liturgy means the work of the people. Yes, it's a work, <laughs> and that it's not about us. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, it's tr in that transcendent mode of this time is not about me. It's about the one who created me mm -hmm. <laughs> and moving, moving outside. And actually what we, what we find is that that's more restorative than we, than we actually think it is. Like we think <laughs> it's because we forget that we didn't create ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so God, God has created us for this way of transcending and entering into him as a way of rest. Um, yeah. And that that's, that's more restorative than, than any other way that we could spend our time because it's connecting us with our true way that we were created. Uh, great. Are we, should we end in prayer intentions or do you want to give that correction that you said you had? I do. I forgot I do. About so that. it's actually not a correction. It's, it's, um, I was told by shout out to Anthony Gath who came to my parish last night. He's from our, our church in Anaheim. Um, and his dad's a deacon there. Um, Deacon Gregory Gath, but he, he, uh, came, he came last Wednesday and, and, uh, just, graduated Ave Maria University and uh, and came on Wednesday night, served at the altar, and he told me that um, he's a classics major at Ave Maria, and he said that when I was doing one of the 20,000 or however many episodes on the Divine Liturgy there were, that I, I didn't know what prothesis meant. 
and mm-hmm. neither did mother. So we were, we were like, I think so I he asked knew, you and then you were like, a, okay. ask me things that I don't yeah. know on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, so he said that was a while ago, but he said when he heard that at being a class major in, in the, it means literally in Greek. So the prothesis is the, the, the preparation, um, Rites on that we do that the priest does on the on the site altar, um, the the Slavonic is proskomedia, but it's mm. it's it's the the rites that that prepare the the bread, the loaf of bread and the bottle of wine, and prepare it so that it can be consecrated during the anaphora and then distributed. And so he says it literally means prothesis means to put forward. Um, so it's like a, 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 a we the way translate that offering or like placing in public. Hmm. So it's like it's like taking something and 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 presenting it, putting it forward, hmm. offering it. So obviously it's being the bread and the wine are being offered by the people mm-hmm. to the the church, to the altar, to the priest, and then it gets at that point then put forward. Um, and it's he said it's similar to um, like a, a piclesis. Is it a piclesis or anaphora? I think it may be anaphora, um, which the the whole the whole anaphora that that's also um, offering. That's that's mm-hmm. what we use how we used to translate it. But anaphora that means kind of um, if prothesis is putting forward, anaphora is putting up. Like mm-hmm. it gets mm-hmm. it gets offered by the church like horizontally, and then it gets offered by the priest and the praying congregation up. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. So thank you, mm-hmm. Anthony, for um, for informing us of that. Thank you. Okay. Um, Prayer intentions. Uh, I would like to ask for prayers for, I think this is coming out June 15th. Um, So I'd like to ask for prayers for Sherry and Ted Rotunda, who are um, two of our patrons. I hope it's okay that I just shared that information. Sorry if it wasn't Sherry and Ted, but uh, I believe the June 18th is when he's being ordained a deacon. Um, these were the ones on our Zoom meeting, Father Michael. Who, yeah. Nice. Um, so prayers for Ted um, as he's being ordained this weekend, I think, and also for, for Sherry. Amen. Um, I would, I think I will be either almost leaving or already in the Holy Land at that time. Um, you don't so know just, what date you leave. I have no idea. I'm gone. I'm gone the whole the whole month of June. I don't understand why I need to. It's That's on my good. calendar. You're living in the present moment. That's yeah. good. Um, That's a good idea for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yes. So we'll be there traveling with pilgrims, and and I just I want to make sure that I'm I'm a good chaplain because this is going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity for so many people, and being the chaplain on a trip like that is is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it can really help or hinder people's spiritual experiences. I just pray that I'm not a speed bump or a roadblock <laughs> or a wall uh, to people's encounter with our Lord. There, um, it's it's intimidating in a bit because I want to be I want to make sure that all the right things are said and I know all the right things to say. And I know all the things that I need to know to say the right things. Anyway, all all of that. Um, so we'll pray also for, pray that you're not self reliant because God can do all those things without you. No, oh, exactly, and that's that's what I mean. Like pray that I don't get in the way of, mm-hmm. of what the Holy Spirit's doing. In other words, um, 
yeah, and then uh, and pray for uh, just shout out to Sarah Jimenez, who's one of my spiritual daughters, who's coming with, and um, is going to be awesome to uh, to travel with her. So she'll be my measure of of how it's going and, <laughs> and give me that feedback. Awesome, Mother Gabriella. You said it's coming out June fifteenth. I think so. Yeah. Well, pray, I'll ask for prayers for. Um, I'm going on TOB one. For the third time, the week following, <laughs> she didn't get it the first. Day. I didn't. I know I'm remedial with one of the other sisters. So, um, just prayers for for us as we go that we'll receive whatever it is that God's desiring to give. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And continue checking our website for bridegroom's banquet information, as I announced on the last episode. Um, yeah, awesome. Thanks, Mother Gabrielle. This is really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We didn't even talk embarrassing things about each other, which is unusual. (laughs) Don't ask me to come up with an embarrassing thing, Mother Natalia. You get the consequences. She did that on the live episode, and then we edited it out. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. Love you, Mother Gabriella and Father Michael. Love Love you, listeners. Thanks, guys. And Father, can you please give us a blessing? Sure. Y'all, y'all know the spiel about everywhere we are. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, That's we'll okay. do that next time. They know. They know. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May our Lord give you every good thing. May he teach you about what true leisure is. May he facilitate you becoming more and more attractive, attracted to that and attractive. Why not? Um, <laughs> may our Lord allow you to, to treasure his gift of leisure, to receive it well to be an example of that to others. And then through that, to worship well, grow in holiness and receive the gift of salvation. May the Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.